Today, This American Dice brings you the latest episode of Dragon of Ice Spire Peak from the D&D Essentials Kit. Serafina and friends visit Nomengard, the strange and tiny kingdom of strange and tiny gnomes. Hopefully, she'll be able to procure one of their curious inventions to help against the dragon problem. But the gnomes of Nomengard are currently facing problems of their own. Faerun's full of all kinds of people, but I don't have to tell you that, do I? Gnomes are one of my personal favorites. They call gnomes the Forgotten Folk, and true enough, despite having almost a whole mountain to themselves, them gnomes and Nomengard don't get paid much mind. Usually works out to their advantage, if we're being honest, but sometimes the wrong sort remembers about them. But all that was about the last thing on one gnome's mind about a ten-day ago in Nomengard's wine room. A fellow by the name of Viscous Root, known for his earrings, his hats, and his creative vintning skills. All right, Tonha, you might just have a point, and maybe even a good one. I ain't about to argue that point of yours could be good or bad. What I'm here saying is that yes, mushroom wine don't usually include any plant vines I found in a hole, sure. But I'm going to ask you this. You know I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you if wine, then vine rhyme. And they do, don't they, Tonha? <laughs> Tonha learned pretty quick when Biscus was in a creative mood. It's best to just let it run its course. Plus... He was already climbing up the stepladder to the top of one of the wine barrels with an armful of them weird plants. She was pretty sure it was going to taste terrible, though. Pretty sure this is going to be the best bloody wine you ever tasted. The kings are going to love it, I'll tell you that. Now, I know what you're going to say, Tonha. The kings has both been acting wonky for the last ten day or more. But good mushroom wine will help, and you know what's going to help a mite more? Good mushroom vine, wine. <laughs> you just go ahead and wait. Ain't nothing gonna taste better. I bet you'll taste better. Viscous looked down at Tanha, and she looked back up at him. Then the wine cask opened up one too many eyes and looked at Viscous, opened up some more and looked at Tanha. Then it smiled with a hundred pointed teeth and it licked its lips.
Hello, my name's David. I'm gonna run this game of D&D with you. Your name is? Marisa. Who will you be playing today? The same character I play every week, David. <laughs> What's her name? Serafina Teeley. You leveled up last time and you took a uh, surprising move for me at least. I'm a bard, level two, and now I'm a fighter, level one. Halfling. Yeah, multi-classing the fighter was an unexpected turn. I like it. But Feeny had kind of, she's like a veteran of that War of the Silver Marches, so it kind of makes sense. She was kind of a, a warrior in that too. Mm-hmm. Kind of remembering her training, maybe. Yeah. I like it. I was a soldier. Oh, cool. And you have some, some friends here that are helping you out. you got Shanjin and Kwan and Inverna Nightbreeze, everyone's favorite elf lady who doesn't like orcs. So yeah, do you remember what happened last time? I sang to the orcs to get us out of the Dwarven ruins. That's right, yeah. You had a little showdown. Um, I spent the night at Adabra's house. I couldn't remember her name. I almost called her Elphaba, but that's not right. Adabra. <laughs> and uh, then I took the lady home, um, reunited the dwarves and Adabra with her family, both of their families separately. Mm-hmm. Oh, I talked to the other halfling that had seen the dragon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. My old friend Hob Basilei. Mm-hmm. Um, and picked up a new quest, I think. You did. In fact, it's that first one there. The first card in your little stack oh of cards. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Nomengard quest. A clan of reclusive rock gnomes resides in a small network of caves in the mountains to the southeast. The gnomes of Nomengard are known for their magical inventions. Ooh. They might have something with which to defeat the dragon. Get whatever you can from them. If you bring back something useful, you don't want to keep it for yourselves. Townmaster Harbin Wester will pay you 50 gold pieces for it. Can I see that map? I can show you where it is. That's where you are. So not, not that far. But let's roll... How about you roll survival? Since um, you're proficient in everything, like good at tracking and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, why don't you roll... I guess you can roll two of the d20s since um, your friends are helping you theoretically. So this would normally take um, three or four days depending on your pace. But you could probably do it faster if you can roll this well. Or if you roll poorly, way longer. Okay. So roll that and then add your survival to the highest one. Twelve and five. And what's your survival? Um, it's plus two. So that'd be a 14 total? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Man, if you had one more, you'd rolled one one point higher. You would have shaved some time off. Yeah, and you're not in a particular rush to get there anyway, right? No, not necessarily. So yeah, it takes you about three days. It's the, I think, Flame Rule is the name of the uh, month. So Flame you... Rule! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you sing like a sweet summer song on the way there? <laughs> yeah. You see what you got yourself into? Great. <laughs>
good. So that happens for, over the course of three days. You sing that song the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, eventually you um, get to kind of this mountain valley type thing. And maybe you got like a map or something from Pangolin. It's not like a mystery of where this place is. So there's it's like a stream. In the middle of the stream, there's like this little island that has all these brightly colored mushrooms on it. And in fact, in the mushrooms, it's this, uh, not quite, but almost over the uh, the roar of this waterfall noise, you can hear this uh, like rhythmic whirring of this uh, weird contraption. It looks kind of like a like a pony sized um, crab that's just like in on the island of the, these mushrooms. Pony sized crab. Yeah, it's like a mechanical crab. But have you seen Wild Wild West? Uh, a long time ago. Do you remember the weird robot spider? Yeah. Yeah, imagine like a much smaller crab version of that, I guess. Mm, okay. And there's like smoke and steam like shooting out every now and then from this contraption. And you notice there's a little person, like, operating it, and it's, like, claw clapping all these mushrooms and kind of just, like, throwing them into these two baskets that are, like, attached to the sides. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what do you do? Wow. Shanjan, have you ever seen a mushroom truck? <laughs> mushroom picker-upper? A shroom scoop. Have you ever seen a shroom scoop like this before? I feel like... All of my shroom scoops growing up were just tiny little arms. I've never seen something so advanced before. These gnomes really are, are quite unique. Yeah, and Shenzhen's just like rubbing his chin like, not at all. This is pretty fascinating. Well, I certainly wouldn't mind a few mushrooms to take back with us. Let's go over there and meet um, this giant crab. And see who's inside of it. He's like, yeah, Harbin Wester said that we just had to get some some gnomish devices or magic items or something. And they can build that. I can see why. Yeah, maybe they can tell you what your staff does. Oh, I think it's, it calls it for birds. <laughs> it just hits it and it makes a turkey noise. <laughs> <laughs> and you both laugh for a long <laughs> hours and hours and then decide to uh, continue on. Hours and hours later. So Beanie puts the her magical uke on her back and I guess they have to walk across the, the water to the little island. Yeah. So there's like these two sides or like the river goes through and then you have the two sides that aren't river. <laughs> and on each of those sides there's like one or two like openings. Um, they go oh and there's actually two islands of mushrooms okay. looking at this map that's been supplied to me but yeah you might have to like swim out to the island which could be awkward but it shouldn't be too hard that is that what you're thinking yeah I how think, about how about it inverna you up for a swim uh you know what I might stay here it's probably a good choice I guess we we can leave our packs here with you and, and jump in the water so the magical youth doesn't get wet and just in case. Um, why don't you stay here and guard our guard our stuff, and uh, Shanjan and I will will dog paddle towards the this crab machine. And she puts her uke on top of her head, and it like balances perfectly. And she <laughs> jumps in the water and just um, 
kind of doggy paddles her way over. And I imagine Shanjan's like perfect, like breast stroke or whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably not that hard to swim over here. It's not even for you, who's like a, a short, kind, shorter kind of person. I don't think you could probably touch, but I feel you probably come. You probably surprise this guy. There's a guy. Oh no, it's a lady who's in this um, contraption. She kind of like turns around and just um, when you're, I don't know, ten or fifteen feet. As you get up on the shore, I guess, she's like, Oh, hi there! And just waves her, the crab claw. She's like, how are you? Visitors, hey? And Beanie takes her uke off of her head and puts it back behind her back. And um, they're like kind of shaking off their legs and wringing out her shirt and stuff. Hi there, ma'am! My name's Beanie, and this is my friend Shanjan. And what a cool crab traction you have there. <laughs> I'm so impressed. You know, when I was a little girl growing up with the Stronghearts, we just had these little like long sticks that had little grabbies on the end <laughs> that that would scoop up our mushrooms, but wow, this is so cool. I bet you could get like hundreds of mushrooms a day and look at all these beautiful different colors. I've never seen something like this before. Oh, uh, we had uh, some grabby sticks before, but Fibble, Stib, and Dabble, Dab, they upgraded it a little bit, as you can see. Crab just kind of does a little, like, turns around in a circle, and back at you and almost does, like, a bow, as this crab. And she's, like, in inside it, like, pulling all these levers and things as it's doing this. She's like, well, my name's Delabine, and how can I help you? Welcome to Nomergard. Thank you so much for welcoming us into Nomergard. Delabine, it's so nice to meet you. I was sent here from Vandalin, where we're just taking up some quests to to help the town of Vandalin and help raise some money. And, well, um, we heard about this magical place of inventions, and we just had to see it for ourselves. And I must say, I'm quite impressed with your dancing. I'll have to play for you sometime. <laughs> And then she um, maybe, like, approaches the crab traction like closer. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, super, like, in awe of it. Yeah, and it's, like, vibrating. It's, like, some sort of, like, steam engine. She's like, oh, yes. Um, I do know some of the things about Vandalin. Um, I think we had some kind of truce with them uh, centuries and centuries ago. I'm sure the kings would honor. And she's like, oh, mm, well... Uh, maybe not right now. We've been having some tro- problems of late. Um, I said problems, which is what gnomes say when you have trouble and problems at the same time. Tro- I know that you're not from here, so I thought I'd explain it to you. No, that's okay. Actually, the halflings have a really similar word to problems. It's, um, it's worrious. It means I'm worried and curious about what you have to say about your troubles. Oh my, I, I love it. I'll remember this one. Yes, um, we do have some problems and troubles, as I've said. But, um, hmm. yes, I suppose you could still try to talk to um, our two inventors. They might be able to help you out. But, but, you know me, well, you've met me now, but I just get mushrooms. If you want to talk to them, you can go in there. She points to one of the, the three kind of entrances you see. And she's like, you can't see it from here because we try to keep it hidden. But that one has a path that you can walk up to the entrance. Wow. Can I call you Della? 
Okay. <laughs> I just feel like we're such good friends already. And let me tell you, a halfling knows a good person when they meet a good one. Or a good creature when they meet another good creature. Oh, I'm still a person. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for clarifying that. While we're on the subject, though, I will go meet your friends. And thanks so much for telling me about this secret walkway. But since we are becoming friends now, wouldn't you mind telling me about your troubles, worries? What was it? Troubles? Troubles. <laughs> I would love to hear more about your problems. <laughs> well, not it's not really my place to say, but some of our number went missing recently, and one of the kings isn't taken very well, and we haven't, I mean, I haven't heard from him since this, these things went down. There's also, um, word that there's a dragon nearby, and, well, I, I just don't know, but the, well, the kindest and you know, best leaders are our two kings, obviously, but the smartest are our two inventors, so... I'm sure they will be able to help you out if need be. Well. And I, I have to apologize because our kings are just the nicest people I've ever met. And you might not be able to meet them this time, but you should come back if they're indisposed at this point. Come back later anytime. Well, I'll tell you what, Della. Because you've shared this with me, I'm going to tell you that I've heard of the white dragon. What was the word I made up? Worried? Worried? Worrisome? Or worrious? I'm very, I'm very worried because I didn't realize that the dragon came all this way. Although it's not too hard to um, believe because when we went past Vandalin down south to the dwarf, dwarven ruins, the dragon had been spotted there and then traveling along the path. And between me and you, my friend Shanjan and I have uh we've come across the dragon before so we actually want to help and we've heard that the gnomes could possibly assist with um some sort of magical invention that way um we can continue to help all the people of the land that's that's quite heroic of you of you too and maybe she squints over at inverna or three i suppose but yes, I, I look forward. I hope that you can find the help you need. All right. And then she says, he says, all right, well, promise me this, Della. If I come back heroic after the dragon, you're going to let me take that crabby for a, a ride. <laughs> oh, well, I'm supposed to say no, but sounds fun to me. Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> and I guess you swim back and go up this, uh, this eastern tunnel? Yeah, I guess I have to go get um, Inverna. Yeah, you can still come with you. Inverna! This wonderful gnome Della and her little crabby friend there told us about this secret passageway, and they too have seen the dragon. So, if we follow this path up, we can try to find the kings and talk to them about what they've all seen. Alright. Okay. So they travel up the stairs. Yep. So yes, um, quite loud. Oh, wait, actually, as, as you're about to go in the little cave entrance, I think, you hear um, Della kind of like yell out. And she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You're casting spells. It can get weird. And yeah, I think everyone shares that weird look and go inside. Okay. And this is just like basically a cave that 
looks like it's, you know, um, carved out though. You know, nothing super intricate, especially after you're coming back from those dwarven ruins, which are kind of breathtaking. They're technically a cave too, but this one is still obviously like a natural cave that's just been maybe widened or changed a little bit. But the one maybe interesting thing is that there is um, all these lamps hanging up on these like little pulley systems so you can like pull a little rope to like raise it up or down every few feet instead of torches or whatever would normally be here they're all red good thing i found that anyway this room that you come into it's like a hallway and then oh wait actually i guess you have a choice you can keep going down the hallway or um turn immediately left let's turn immediately left and see what happens so yeah, this one goes down for a little bit and then you come into this like kind of long hall or yeah it's like a feast hall basically there's like all these tables looks like a like a dining room obviously one thing that's fun is since you've been living in well traveling through human places mostly i guess you grew up in a human place too but all of these the furniture and tables are like your size it's like oh it's like goldilocks situation i think to make it things easier there's a, like a map there so you can have this map out oh thank you I think you kind of, uh, you know, do some... Where am I? Yeah, some I don't know, trigonometry or something and figure out that this is the place you're in right now. Okay. Um, anything you want to do in here? I'm in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just nothing but chairs and stuff? Yeah, like chairs and tables and a dirty dish or two. Hey, this must be their feasting hall. How nice. And you look over at um, Inverna and Shanjan, and they look comically uncomfortable they like probably uh Shandran has like bend down a little bit to not hit the ceiling and it's like oh they're uncomfortable for once you tall idiots he looks at Inverna hey Inverna grab one of these chairs and put it on your back I'm gonna need this for later just kidding <laughs> just kidding I'm not gonna take their chairs but wouldn't this be nice if I had a chair like this everywhere I went anyways I guess let's just move on from this room <laughs> Where are you going Nothing now? to see in here, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> okay, so maybe then go down this hallway. Are you just asking me where I want to go? I have full choice. You sure do. Welcome to a dungeon crawl. This is this is like a big thing in D anD D where you can just you have a map and you just do each room that you want to go to. Did you say dungeon crawl? Mm-hmm. Wasn't sure which, mm-hmm. but I want to go this way. Yeah, okay, so now you have a little, um, like, door. Yes, I see it. It's a door. It's a marshmallow. So, yeah, when you, I assume you open this door up? Yeah, I want to open it. Yeah, and this this room is, whereas the dining room was kind of, like, a, like almost eerily quiet and dead, this this is, like, a, a whirlwind of activity. There is five different gnomes doing all kinds of things. They're, uh, and they're all doing things with, like, mushrooms and stuff. Looks like a, it's basically like a big kitchen. But yeah, there's one that's a has this like almost uh, like flattening contraption that's like shooting steam up. I could just use a rolling pin to do the same thing, but there's this big machine that's doing it. It's flattening out this mushroom, and there's um, another one that's like turning this crank that's kind of grinding up these purple mushroom into this thing that's like dripping out into this big uh, chemistry set. There's little swirly swirl swirly things into like big bottles and things there's one that's like uh putting in like a big slab of like green mushroom 
flattened out goo kind of into this uh, oven. And maybe if you watch for a second, it takes it out and puts it on the floor and it's like these green loaves of bread that come out. And there's all these like uh, mushroom and mushroom stems just, or mushroom caps just like flung everywhere. Oh, and there's one that's like jumping on like a big uh, thing of mushrooms to like kind of crush them up more. You're just describing like Edward Scissorhands style cookie maker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty good uh, um, analogy. Or do you say anything? Or Well, I mean, I'm assuming people are going to notice us. Yeah. I think if you just stand there agog for a minute or two, maybe, uh, which one sounded most interesting to you? What activity? Um, you said there was the rolling pin, the purple mushroom juicer, and then the smusher, right? Um, purple juicer. Maybe that lady is the one that's like, oh, um, uh, can I help you? Dinner is not even close to being ready. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, my name is Beanie, and I met Della Bean. And and where are our mushrooms? She was supposed to have them here. Oh, I guess they're not due for another hour or two, but still. We've used all of, almost all of them. And you look around, there's like just so many. There's no possible way they could use almost all of them. Oh, trust me, ma'am. Uh, Miss Delavine is down there working very hard. I am just... I can't believe that crab traction down there just uh, picks up so many. Ma'am, call me... Oh, that's my mother's name. I'm Panana. So sorry, Panana. My name is Beanie. So, Delavine sent us up here because I'm looking for the king to talk to him about some inventions. Uh, I'm just, what a wild purple press machine you have here. Um, back home where I'm from, we halflings would just, um, we'd use little creatures' mouths to squish the juice out of. Well, that sounds disgusting. Sorry, no offense. We use only the, the best mushrooms to juice to make a fermented... Fungus wine, as every good gnome knows. Wow, I am so impressed. I bet my mother would love the fungus wine. She does love her fun. She loves to be a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's that TV moment where everyone kind of just like stops what they're doing and looks at you and just like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was hoping for the TV moment where everybody just looks at me and laughs. <laughs> And hear Della Bean outside laughing. <laughs> um, but, well, yeah, I think uh, Banana says, Well, I have quite bad news for you. Well, good news and bad news. You might be able to have some of this wine later. But um, the bad news is that the kings are... Hmm. She kind of looks to the other four gnomes in here. Well, uh, there, there's some problems there. But um, who you can talk to are the two inventors. You know, Fibble, Fibble Stip, and Dabbledob? I've heard of them, um, but yeah, I, I would I would love to talk to Fibble, Stip, and Dabble Dot. Well, your hesitation tells me otherwise, but I'll trust you. Well, good. They'll be happy to see someone. They always like new ideas and things. Oh, well, we're full of them. Uh, I myself am a, I'm a traveled soldier. My friend Shanjan here is a priest, and he's got mystical powers, and, and Verna, well... And Verna's just been everywhere around the world, so I bet the three of us can can meet your two scientists. Um, but before I go, I talked to Miss Delabine, and I want you to know that we're here to help. The word of the king seems to be that they're indisposed. Um, 
Is there anything you care to share with me? There's a couple of gnomes that went missing, and I'm sure just uh, they took it a little harsh. Hmm. But they haven't they haven't really been leaving their room since then. Well, I guess I can't blame them for that. It does hurt to lose a member of the clan family. Well, I appreciate uh, all of your information. I guess uh, we'll go find Mr. Fibs and Mr. Dibs. Well, Fibblestib and Mrs. Dabbledob, I'm sure, will be happy to meet you. And if you see those two gnomes hiding around somewhere, uh, Fiscus and Tanha, tell them to come right back. We're very worried. Fiscus and Tanha? I don't know why I feel like I know those names. But no matter, I will... Or no matter. And now they all start laughing. <laughs> oh, man, Banana Banana, you are the funniest gnome I've met today. You, you, you all are the best. Well, I'm off to find Mr. and Mrs. Fibby Dibbies. <laughs> uh, have a great day, everybody. And uh, I can't wait to try this wine later. Bye. And then they get right back to work as you, you close the door, go down that other weird area. I think I want to go down this other weird area. Okay. Yeah, there's, um, some steps lead down a little ways and, um, you see this kind of like a storage room. It may be one of the other gnomes. As soon as you get in here, kind of like falls behind you. It's just like, um, I'm sorry, ma'am, but you can't go in there. That's where we store all the mushrooms and things. Um, turns around. Oh, well, thanks for the warning. We're looking for the scientists. Do you know which direction they are? Oh, yeah. Uh, this little gnome, call it up and down, just gives you these overly complex directions. Well, I guess um, we don't really have any use to go into the mushroom storage, right? So she goes down the stairs and then peeks in. Banana! It's Panana. Panana! Yes, that's me. <laughs> you should really write these names down. You keep messing them up. Banana, <laughs> <laughs> great job. Can't wait to try that wine later. Good job, everybody. See you soon. Oh, well, now I feel kind of bad for insulting you. And then goes out the door and back into the dining room area. Sure. And then back down this hallway over to this other big room. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. When you get, when you pass a threshold of this room, I guess, you see, well, first of all, that little thing that's on the map is this, imagine like a giant crossbow, like maybe as big as a horse, Hmm. but like four of them and they're all kind of stuck together. And in, like, a cross, like, on the map there. So I'll point it different ways. Oh, like the thing in Game of Thrones, sort of. The ballista. Remember that thing that they shot the dragons with? Yes. But, like, smaller than that, I guess. The dragon bow. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, just four crossbows, like, really big. Um, And there's a gnome on top of it. She's maybe an older gnome woman. She kind of looks at you and she's like... Intruders! Shapeshifters! She kind of turns this crank... And uh, rotates over to you. Yeah, she's going to actually attack you. Were you... Do you think you were expecting that? No. Good. Then she gets to surprise you. Let's see if she hits, though. Armor class is 30. Okay, so this big bolt kind of, like, goes and kind of bounces off the floor next to you. But, yeah, she's about to attack, so let's roll that initiative stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. We're not intruders. I met Delabean and... Panana, outside. My name is Beanie. I'm just here to help. 15. 15 plus 2? Yeah, 17. Pretty sure you're going to get it. So what do you do? I think she um, 
turns another crank, and then the whole uh, contraption kind of shifts 90 degrees, and another already loaded crossbow is aimed at you now, and you see the one that she just shot. Like, there's some kind of mechanism that's, like, already starting to load it. Okay, um... So it's really an attack or cast a spell or escape. Right. We can try and, like, roll a skill to figure out what's going on, if you think a skill would um, apply to this. Maybe I can charm her? You said I could cast a spell. The charm creature regards you as a friendly acquaintance. When the spell ends, a creature knows it was charmed by you. Okay. And what's the range? Is it 30 feet? Oh, yeah, you're definitely within 30 feet. I mean, I don't really want to, like, rapier her or dagger her. Yeah, and she's up at the top of this contraption anyway. My other option is, like, using my dagger, basically, to chop this thing down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, I guess I'll just charm. Try that. Okay. Those are actually a little crafty, so they get advantage on wisdom saves. Ooh, that, <laughs> my best one was a four. Ooh, interesting. Okay. So, yeah, you use the spell slot, though. Mark that down. Okay. But, yeah, so... so I have two left. Yeah, what does this look like as you charm this gnome? Peeny, Peeny takes out her magical ukulele... And uh, you know, like sings a little something, like basically makes her singing voice and the music coming out of the ukulele like um, waft into the air, and they like sort of fill the air and like her her ears with like a super soothing sound, and she's like sort of almost like drunken dizziness off of it, mm. and she's like um, explaining through song that. That they're uh, here to help. Nice. Yeah. Are you going to actually sing it or do, do you just want to move forward? Mm. Miss, we are here to save the day. We're friends of Fandolin and we're friends to Gnome and Guard. We are your friends and we're here to save the day. Please don't shoot us, me or us, your friends. <laughs> yeah. She blinks a few times. And, uh... Um, hmm, I, I don't know you, but are, are you also here to kill us, friend? No, 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 not at all. Um, as I was explaining earlier, uh, when you so rightfully uh, almost tried to kill us, uh, we are uh, warriors traveling through. Um, I'm Feeny, and this is my friend Inverna and Shanjan, and um, we're friends of Phandalin. Uh We know about the White Dragon, and we're just here to help. Um, I've met uh, the most wonderful gnomes here, Miss... Um, Miss Delabine and Fabana, and uh, we're we're just here to, to tell you that we're we're on your side. It's impossible to know that now. There's these shapeshifters infiltrated, and they can look like anybody, and they've they're already killing and probably eating people, and and, and you are probably one too. They probably ate our kings by now. Mm. You seem trustworthy, but can't confirm that you wouldn't eat a gnome. Oh. oh my goodness, Miss. Um, may I call you something? My name's Fracatore. Oh wow, Fracatore, that is beautiful. 
that's the most hilarious thing that I've heard anybody in Nomengard say today, because have you seen the <laughs> Have you seen the size of me? There's no way I could eat a gnome. I could barely eat a pinky. You're, you're taller than me. <laughs> right, but you guys are filling, so I hear. Um, and plus, I'm a vegetarian. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm just, to be honest, I'm very scared. I went on this crossbow machine that we built for intruders, and I thought if anyone came through here, I was going to, to end that shapeshifter, because surely no one would just wander through here normally, unless I had to go to one of the rooms beyond it. Well, yes, actually, that's exactly what we're doing. Um, we're here to help with the white dragon, so we were um, uh, instructed to go meet your inventors, Fibblestib and Dabbledob. Fibblestib and Dabbledob? They're probably shapeshifters, too! <gasps> oh, no! And then she This conspiracy goes all the way to the top. All the way to the top! I was a little bit scared of that dragon, so I took one of those potions of bravery that we just got from that herbalist, and obviously it was so scary after hearing about the shapeshifter that the potion didn't even work. And now, well, if you weren't so friendly, I I hate to say it, but I would make sure that you had got some of these crossbow bolts. I was ready to put four in you. Each one of you three. Whew. Well, Miss Fractore, you are quite the warrior, but I assure you, uh, I can prove to you that we're not shapeshifters. And um, if you let me inquire further, uh, have you seen any of the shapeshifters when they're not shifting into your family? Well, I've never seen them personally, but I'm sure they're here. I've heard the rumors. Okay, well, uh, rumors be what they may. The king saw them with his own eyes. You're not calling King Korbaz a liar. King Korbaz, I have not yet had the pleasure of meeting, but I would love to talk to him soon. Good, because you'll never find a more honest man, except for maybe the other king, King Nurkli, who's just as honest. And don't you say otherwise. Oh no, I believe you, Fractory. Fractories are the facts, is what I always say. That's what I say, too. And she kind of writes down a notebook. <laughs> and you see, if the camera's looking at it, it's like, things to say. <laughs> Do you know where we might be able to find King Corbaz and King Nurkli? Well, they're probably in their throne room. Or in their personal bedroom, but I wouldn't go there. Well, I certainly don't want to bust in on their bedroom, but a man's private time is a man's private time. But, um... If you'll allow us to... We've already been to, to the great dinner hall and the, the kitchen. Uh, we didn't dare go into mushroom storage, so this is the only other way to go. So here we are. I suppose that does make sense. I, since you are so friendly, I can let you go through this once. Once but, and only once. Come on. Aren't we friends? Well, listen, I've got to make sure that I'm guarding this place from shapeshifters. And next time I see you, you could be a shapeshifter yourself. So... This is the first that I've heard of a shapeshifter. I guess you'll have to excuse me, Factory. I've seen a lot of things out on my quest. Goopy gold god monsters. <laughs> orcs. Um, white dragons. Wars like you wouldn't even believe. And I haven't heard of these shapeshifters yet. Well, there are very many strange things in Feyrood. And shapeshifters, unfortunately, came to our door. Well, no doubt with your... 
warrior skills, you would be the first one to find one. And I promise you that if I find that any of them are shapeshifters, including us, I promise that I will come to tell you first to take care of business. And then she basically tries to go down the other hall. Yeah, she lets you. Um, I, I forgot one thing, though. She's going to let you go through, but could you roll a d20 real fast for me? Oh, my. 20. <laughs> so don't worry about it. But, um, yeah, as you kind of walk to the next... Is that a hallway going down? Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're kind of walking down there. You do know, like, you remember that, yes, it felt weird when you cast it, like, different. Can't quite put your finger on it. But anyway, then um, from behind you, you hear like, ah! Was that you, Shanjin? Did you just hit your stick? Shanjin has his hand over his mouth, you know, with a look of, like, surprise. And then he kind of puts his finger up. Um, like, and one more thing. And then says, like, Like, holds his throat and tries to say something else and just more bird noises come out. Shanjin? Um... Let me see this staff of bird calls. And then grabs the staff and then, like, hits the staff on the ground. Like. Yeah, it says, hello. <gasps> oh, actually, man. when you look at it, it looks like all. It Actually, when you touch it, it feels, like, bizarre. Like, um, almost like a feeling of, like, vertigo. And you're like, oh, that's the same kind of feeling I felt when I cast that spell. And in fact, we'll roll arcane. Maybe you can get to the bottom of this. I don't know if you have it. Highlighted, but as a bard, you're kind of good at all skills anyway. 17, 18, wow. 19. Oh my gosh, you almost got like the best you could do, basically. But um, yeah, I think maybe you realize just through the magical energies, or maybe you can tell me how. Um, you're like, oh, this must be the wild magic stuff. Like, um, Della being outside warned me that there was some kind of wild magic stuff going on here. And I have heard. Maybe that you know, wild magic can have spontaneous effects when you cast spells around it, or if there's like magic items, they can be really dangerous. But most of the time, they're temporary, at least within a certain area. When you leave the area, most times, but not all, they kind of dissipate or go back to normal. So then Feeny looks at Inverna and says, "All right, Inverna. Well, uh, are you doing okay over here?" And she kind of opens her mouth and is kind of hesitating, like, uh, I don't want to sound like a bird. But she's like, a, I'm, I'm all right. Okay, thank the gods. I really thought I was going to sound like a penguin or something. Which would be hilarious, because I don't even know how penguins sound. Well, good for you, then. They're terrifying creatures. But no, that I don't know what's going on there. Did, did that magic thing, like, mix up their voices or something? Well, I I would like to say so. And then she hits the staff on the floor again. It's like, can I have some mutton? <laughs> That's definitely Shanjan. <laughs> he loves his mutton. <laughs> <laughs> He's a mutt for mutton. <laughs> He's a mutton glutton. <laughs> He's a mutton glutton. Anyway. <laughs> um, and uh, and then, well, uh, Fractore, we're going to head on out. Yeah, you already left. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, good, good luck. 
<laughs> and then she's still then, gone. And they're just walking and gawking. And... We all walk and gawk. <laughs> so where are you headed to next? I think they want to go back out. Oh, but yeah, I, I forgot. Whenever you cast a spell in this area, you have to roll and a random thing happens. So be careful. And oh, when you okay. use a magical item. Oh. Uh, Alright, so down the hallway and around the corner into the barrel room. The old barrel room. The old barrel room. Yeah, in this one, um, you can kind of see on the map there, there's just a whole bunch of um, these huge wine cases. They're like probably just, um, you know, the one side of the, the wine cask is like as tall as you are. So, you know, half as tall as the other two with you. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. And maybe there's like some wine bottles and stuff like inside into the walls here and there. Oh, and maybe there's like a big uh, like motorized cart thing that you can use to load them in and out if need be. Hey, check it out, Inverna. I bet this is all a purple passion mushroom um, wine. Yeah, well, that that would make sense. Look at this barrel. It's as big as me. And then they look around and, well, I guess there's really nothing to see here. Might as well go back. And how many are there in there? Twelve? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay. Yeah, so you don't touch any of them or anything. I was promised wine later. I don't have to yeah. be a glutton mutton they'll, wine now. <laughs> they all have uh, little taps on them and such. Yeah, I threw taps on them. Oh, okay. But, um, nah. She was going to take a sip and then she decided not to. Okay. So. So, yeah, that's... Unless you want to, like, search every single thing, that's kind of the, the only thing in that room of interest. There's all these wine bottles, or casks, I mean. Um, maybe she, like, goes around and, like, knocks on each one to see if they're all full. Oh, boy. Beer. Yes. Okay, roll a d20. Nine. Nice. When you touch that one, it kind of opens up into this, like, horrifying mouth. I bet you'll taste better. And this, like, disgusting, like, purple, like, tongue, probably, as long as, I mean, like, a, so, like, twice the size of your arm, it kind of comes out and, like, licks you and sticks you up. And now roll for initiative. 16, 17, 18. Oh, no. Uh Okay. So, one. don't worry, same order as before. Okay, so this disgusting tongue thing kind of like whips out and like lashes onto you. Does it do damage to you? It does. Actually, it doesn't do it automatically. I have to roll for this. Let's see if it actually hit you on the surprise time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. Then, in fact, you take seven damage from that. All right, so 26 minus seven. All right. And your grapple, and this is what grapple is. Basically, just you can't move out of its grasp. So that was a surprise round, right? So it surprised you and gave you a tongue lashing, but literally. So, but you, now we start the initiative, and you get to go first. So what's your thing? So as you look at this giant wine barrel thing, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like warped into a, a horrifying creature. All these kind of like eyes open up on the front of it, and just opens its mouth into this, like, huge thing with all these sharp teeth in it. In fact, if it were a treasure chest, it would kind of look like this. Did we see something like that before? Yeah, it's a pretty famous 
D&D monster. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, so yeah, what's the plan? It looks like it's trying to, uh, with its sticky tongue, put you into its mouth and just like kind of bite your head off. Feeny pulls out the rapier and she tries to stab it while the tongue is lashing out at her and then like stab it all the way through the tongue and hit the back of the barrel so it's like all the way in the mouth. Oh yeah, like just the back of the throat. Kind yeah, of. like <sighs> yeah, hit it. Get that little ah. So yeah, we have to roll this first to see if you hit. Sixteen. Oh yeah, definitely hit it. Now you get to roll your damage since you successfully hit. This is it. Yeah, D eight. I'm gonna rip you right in your mouth. <laughs> Seven. And you get to add a plus something to that too, right? Plus two. Yeah. Nice. Um, so then flip this guy over. This guy? Yep. That means your turn's over for this time. And then it's the creature's turn. Do I keep this grappled here? Or? Yeah, because you're still grappled. It's still stuck to you. Like onto your arm, I guess. Your other arm. Yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> That's what I imagine it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? It's like I'm in the back of its throat. <laughs> Alright, so now since since you're uh, grappled, tongue grappled it's gonna, it's gonna bite you It's gonna somehow miss you I think so maybe it, it like bites down and it just bites its tongue. It's like, ah! But now it is your friend's turn. Okay. Um, well, I think it, Inverna's going to try to arrow it, right? That makes sense. Yeah. With Orc Biter. My friends! Alright, so she hits it with an arrow. And. Changing. What are you going to do? Oh, no, you can't talk. Oh, I didn't realize how much I messed him up. No. My friend. <laughs> Maybe he tries to uh, cast a spell, but he just, um, when he's trying to say the magic words, they just come out as weird bird noises. Mm. He's like, mm, and just runs over and hits it with this, the actual stick. 15. Wow. Totally hit it. And roll a d6 for him, just the little cubes. <laughs> For those not able to see, I just wave my hand over things until he tells me which one to pick. Three. Oh, you could have done that two-handed, I just realized. But that's fine. Could have done what two-handed? Could have hit it with two hands, which makes him do extra damage. Mm. But oh well. Yeah, I realize giving him bird voice really messes you up because you can't cast spells. Oh well. Anyway, flip your cards over. Wow. Time for round two. Since you're number one, you get to go again. What happened to number two? That was the creature. Oh. Looks like it's going to uh, bite, try and bite you again. Okay. Hmm. I am not going to risk another spell right now. Alright, I guess I'm going to rapier it again. Alright, so rapier it again. So this time... She, is it still wrapped around her? Yeah, it's stuck to your arm, your other arm. Okay. So with her 
even though it's stuck to her other arm, she like runs over to sort of the side of the barrel, and then. Well, you're stuck to it. You can't move. Yeah, but it's, I'm dragging its tongue with me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be right in front of its mouth the whole time. Yeah, remember the grapple thing makes your speed zero, so you can't. Like, so then this time she takes your rapier and sticks it right in the gums of this gnashing creature's teeth and just like um, goes through the gums and like up towards the top of the barrel's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see if that works. Whoa. 19. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Roll that damage. Seven. Oh, nice. And you need to add some to it, don't you? Is that plus two? Or plus four. It should be 1d8 plus something. 1d8 plus two. So nine. Nice. Okay. So I think it's definitely going to try and bite you now. You've heard it. Some deal. I'm going to flip this over. Oh my gosh. Damn. Missed you by one. I'm, I'm rolling very poorly. This is in your favor. I think um, this will be fun. Inverna um, kind of runs kind of closer to this creature and almost does like a Jedi thing, like does like this, like puts her palm out to it. Hmm. And let's see where magic works. Whoa, she got me. No, okay, great. This, um, and you kind of feel it because you're, I mean, right in its mouth. And it has terrible breath. Wine you, you think You think that dog's breath is bad. Wine fungus breath is probably worse. Uh, but anyway, um, it's like this gust of like cold wind kind of uh, emanates from her hand and kind of pushes this thing away and it kind of uh, like lets go of your, like the tongue thing kind of rips off you. Hmm. And it pushes it back against the wall, and you're able to escape its tongue grasp. But its tongue's still waggling about. And then poor Sanjan. Um, you know what? I'm going to give him a save. He's going to try to overcome this wild magic so he can cast spells again. I'll, I'll give it. I'll let the dice decide if he can actually do that. I guess wisdom makes sense. I'm going to say that this. Uh, he's trying to um, have Timora be lucky enough that Timora kind Helps him out here. Nine's not great. Yeah, I don't think he does that. I think you rolled too low. Um, but anyway, now back to you. Wait, see, I'll just still give him an attack. That shouldn't be a whole turn. Um, overhand it. So with two hands, he's going to attack a little harder this time. Okay. Seven. Yeah, you got him on the ropes, but but yeah. Now, so now you you're not stuck to him, so you can actually. Do other things if you want. So I'm not stuck to this creature anymore. But its its giant tongue is like wrapped, like waggling about. It's like a five foot, six foot long tongue. So, so um, Feeny runs really fast and and yells to Shanjan, but like kind of like hushedly, and it's like Shanjan, gobble gobble. And then runs and then looks at Inverna and gives Inverna like a wink. And then um, 
So, like, basically, she's trying to distract the the barrel with these gobbles, and then she's going <laughs> to go. So you're just going to make gobble-gobble noise? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to use his stick. I have my own thing. Okay. Yeah. He can use his own. He could gobble, gobble, and then he could, like, make the stick make man noises. And Verna grab the stick. And then, and Verna can hit it so that it thinks that there's, like, another human in the room or something. And then, um, Feeny runs around the side. And while this barrel's distracted by these two, um, she takes her, uh, she crouches down really low because she's small. And she takes her rapier and she goes to slice right through the the tongue. So just cut the tongue off from the body. This is fascinating. Um, there's actually mechanics for this. So you, um, there's a skill that I think it's hide. Is it hide or stealth in this edition? Stealth. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and roll that. Which, which dice? The big one. And I guess, are they helping you? No, they're kind of in battle. But remember, you have inspiration. You can burn your inspiration point to um, roll two if you find this one is not good enough. Okay. You can do that for any time you roll a 20. Three. So I do want them to help me. Well, no, they can't help you, but you can use your inspiration to roll another one if you want. But you can't use it for the rest of the game, or this time we're playing. Is the inspiration only helps me in we're in battle? No, it can help you whenever you roll that d20 and you don't like your result. I mean, this means I lose this round, right? Pretty much. I don't really like that. So. Choices. I'd rather use it, I guess. Okay. 14. Way better. What's your stealth? Uh, 15, 16, 17. 17. Ooh, that's pretty good. So yeah, this this round you can kind of like stealth around it, and next round you're set up to uh, do a sneak attack if you want. Okay. Sound good? Yes. Yeah. So I stealthily snuck around you at this point. That's all I've done. Yeah, you like it. It was focused on you, but you were able to. Um, yeah. How do you how do you kind of do they do the gobble noises to distract it or? Um. He gobbles, and then she hits the staff, and he's like, Mutton? Mutton? Latin for mutton! And <laughs> Why is he British? <laughs> I don't know. No, it's mutton. Mutton. <laughs> mutton. Yeah, it's that 90s show. Um, yeah, I know what you're doing. Uh, so then maybe... Um, um, Glutton for mutton! Glutton for mutton! So do you take his stick, or do you just... No, is he doing and it? Verna is doing it, and she's, like, like making all these sounds so that it makes it, you know, think that, like, there's more people okay. in the room. Uh-huh. And then Shan Jan is, go, 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 Bird? <laughs> Bird? Is that a Pokemon? Um, I oh, I guess a, they could have been helping out there. I think it's a Flamingo. Flamingo? <laughs> sure. Flamingo! Flamingo! So they're uh, distracting it. Enough, enough for you to expertly kind of sneak behind it. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Parrot? Um, yes. It's, yeah, parakeet, I think. Um, anyways, so 
Yeah, they're distracting him, and I'm stealthily getting beside this barrel. Nice. All right, I think it's going to try to um, attack one of your friends. Yeah, Shanjian. Now that he's unarmed. <laughs> oh, does not hit. Roll the one. Tweet, tweet. So whenever you do an attack roll and you roll one, it never hits, no matter what. Except for you, because you have, you're a halfling and you can roll it again. But anyway, now it's your friend's turn. So they're they're running all about. I guess <laughs> doing that gobbling, and now she's ready to uh, try to arrow it again. I should have had you roll that, but it's fine because it still hits. Can you roll a d8 for me? Three. All right, Shenzhen is now unarmed. Oh wait. Uh, Probably not unarmed, because I guess uh, she's using an arrow, so she, she probably gave it back to him. So yeah, just go ahead and roll a 20. I'm going to try and hit it over the head again. He's way better when he can cast spells. 12? Hey, he's I mean, doing pretty well. I guess roll that d d8 then. Yep, d8. 3. Whew, all right. Getting pretty hectic. Back to you. Okay. Like this? Mm-hmm. So now you kind of snuck up on it. So I snuck up on it, and now I want to take my rapier, and I want to... Are there any spells you can cast there? I don't know if there's anything that's getting hurt it. I'm not really sure. Not really. I mean, and I'm also a little concerned about using my magic in this place. I have a thunder wave. Oh, yeah, it's your big damaging thing I think but that's something I want to like save in case I meet some a sort of thing here I want to cut its tongue off like I said yeah okay go ahead and roll a d20 then. three oh but you're from hiding so um I think you can have advantage on that since you took a whole round to set that up so you can keep that but roll another one no. Uh, not too much that? better. That was a six. See, the dot is kind of at the bottom. Okay, six. So six plus something, right? Six plus, what am I doing? Your attack bonus? Uh, six plus four, ten. Oh, ten, ten does not. It's still not good enough. So maybe at the last second it kind of sees you and dodges out of the way. I think it still wants to attack Sanjian. Oh my gosh, it hit him. So it sticks its little tongue on to Shanjian now. He's a pretty hurt. Um, all right. Now it's uh, oh, back to you kids or these friends. So I guess Inverno's gonna arrow it again, right? Yeah. You can kind of as the their commander, you can tell them to do other stuff, but I think she's gonna just try to keep arrowing it. Keep arrowing, Inverna. And she kind of tips her hat, and then she's another arrow. Okay. Seven. Oh, she actually managed to hit. So I roll a d8. Seven. All right, so another arrow sinks into it. Um, Shanjian's going to try and get out of here. Yeah, he's actually still stuck on this uh, this creature. And it's kind of like reeling him in. Shanjian's just uh, calling like a like a rooster in terror. Kikiri! <laughs> yeah, it's about to eat him. What do you do? 
It's definitely got some wounds. It's like bleeding, and it's got like what three arrows in it at this point. But it doesn't look like it's slowing down. It looks like it's real hungry. I guess I'll use my thunder wave. Um, I think, especially since you spent a whole round trying to get in position, I'd probably normally make you um, like it would affect Shanjin and this creature because you're pretty well sit or strategically positioned. I think you can just affect it if you want. All right, let's see how it goes. So I got a 12, um, and I fail. So that means I fail. So how much damage did I take? 2d8, right? Um, like a power cord? or She uh, yells to Shan, Janet, and Verna um, their like, code word, which is, Bro! <laughs> and then it's um, whenever... Every every stroke like becomes like a thunderous wave uh, of like power, like invisible power that pushes the uh, barrel back and the barrel's um, wooden planks start to like peel back from the the metal holding it together and just like starts exploding and. Um, wine like gushing out well, of it let's see if you kill it there's a good chance you you're within the range of killing it with this attack let's see if you do yeah it's just at this point like like i said it's just making all the planks go crazy and yeah. like the wine drip out the wine blood oh my gosh so you don't kill it but man it's you like i think it it does like it maybe it's still shape-shifting so that it looks like all this purple wine falls out, and when it gets like a few inches away from it, it turns into like red blood. Like it's still like even its blood is shape shifted to look like this wine barrel. And then I think it kind of it's it's turn now. And it kind of uh, transforms more into this like it doesn't even look like a barrel anymore. It looks like just this disgusting amorphous like flesh blob, and it kind of like scoots across the. Uh, the room and looking to uh, the area that you came in from probably trying to escape and it's like disgusting like bloody almost like snail trail leaving after it yeah I think it just tries to escape it gets to like the uh, from what I remember from the map it was like one of the places in the back so it has to go through like all the way to the room and it kind of runs out the hallway but it's like right there what do you do now Oh, well, actually, I guess Inverna, it's Inverna's turn. Sanjan can't do shit. But uh, Inverna, I guess you can do one last uh, arrow with her if you want. Okay. See if she hits. One last arrow. You can do it, Inverna. Oh, yeah, you could have. There's all that bardic inspiration I forgot you can do to yourself, too. You keep forgetting that. Well, it's in there, too. That that makes things uh, like easier to hit. Oh, man. 18? Definitely hit it, so yeah, roll a d8. There's a, good, there's a very good chance you, you can kill it with this. Three. Oh my god. So she gets plus one to her arrow attacks, so it kills it exactly. So yeah, maybe it makes it to like just a threshold, and then just the one extra arrow pierces it, and it just kind of like makes like a... The last gasp noise in it. Yeah, rolls a bit more with just momentum, and then kind of... Like, stops there dead. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of This American Dice Presents D&D, Dragon of Icefire Peak. Your cast was Marisa as Serafina Tealies and David as the Dungeon Master. You heard Austin as the narrator and special cameo by Eduardo reprising his role of Viscous Root. Make sure to look up This American Dice's Demi-Humans game for more Viscous. Music for this episode was An Ocean Wide by Sebastian Forsland and Happy Victory by Heatley Bros. If you could please rate, review, and subscribe to our show at your favorite podcatcher, it would really help This American Dice. Austin will read every five-star review we receive on air doing an impression of Eduardo doing a Cockney accent. Join us next week for another episode of This American Dice. And remember, wash your hands and wear a mask. What is that? Um, well, since you made fun of me, dibble dop. <laughs> um, dibble stib and dabble dob. Bibi bibi bop. Funky, funky. Dun 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 dun